Welcome to the Conduit Deeper Podcast, a podcast that takes a deep dive into the details that surround our current sermon series. From current events to fascinating finds to conversations that take us deeper into the Word. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to our Deeper Podcast. My name is Mo, Executive Pastor at Conduit Church, joined with our lead pastor, Darren Tyler, for the first podcast of 2021. And, you know, I was thinking, none of us really probably write checks anymore. No. But I keep saying 2020, uh-huh. but it's kind of like, you know, when you used to have to write a check and, and make sure that you wrote the new year, you would always write the wrong year. But I, now I'm catching myself saying the wrong year. I've found myself in that because, um, weirdly enough, people have actually purchased the book that I wrote. That's not weird. Well, it's a, it's a little bit. But but the, here's what's weird, though, is then I ha- they're asking me to sign them, which is like super uh, like honoring and flattering, That's all those cool. things. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I remember being the guy in line, like handing the CDs to the band, sign the next <laughs> one. And they're over there just like hands are cramping up because yeah. they're like 10,000 signatures in. But but I'm trying to be thoughtful, and I'm writing the date on it as well. Oops. And I have more than once uh, in the last few days written 2020. Well, and here's the thing about the 2020 versus 2021. There is not an easy way to fix it. Like, you can't, like, make the, the 10 That's into a true. 9 or some happen to, like, just, it looks, yeah. it looks like my son did it is what it looks well, like. What's but, the name of your book? The Power of the Seven. Power of the Seven. Yeah, which is... Uh, the series that we just are jumping into at, at Conduit is not the power of the seven, but it's sort of uh, one third of the series. Yeah. And the new series is called Triple Threat. You are a triple threat launched this Sunday. And yeah, it's it's like you said, a third yeah. of of what we're going to be talking about over these next few weeks comes from this this uh, what was inspired, what inspired you to write The Power of the Seven. Yeah, the... Um, it's been a while since it first um, jumped at me that there were these three lists in the New Testament of gifts um, that they're all sort of conflated together. So when you take a spiritual gifts test, there's usually going to be 19 or 20 of them. So it's like, whatever, which right. Star Wars character are you, whatever. Um, and But then there's like, so like three of the lists, but all, like three of them have prophecy on all three of them. One of them only has mercy on one of them. Two of them have teaching, but not the third one. I was right. like, okay, what is going on here? Is this yeah. like, could Paul not make up his mind as to which, what are the gifts of the yeah. Spirit? And, you know, and I'm not the first guy to come up with this, which is good, because that's what scared me the most. If it's new, it's not true. Like, that's generally speaking a good rule of thumb for theology. If somebody has suddenly discovered something that yeah. 2,000 years worth of theologians have not figured out, that's not, that's a, good point. not a good sign. But as I dug into it, it wasn't that it hadn't been discovered. It's just that that hadn't been taught uh in that way certainly not for me sure and so yeah these three gifts these three lists of gifts uh, and uh, romans 12 was the one that i've really had been drawn to because you know especially in a leadership position trying to figure out how god has wired us which we've all done uh i say we all maybe not all disc you know myers briggs yeah done all of them all of them yeah some combination of all the above and again back to which star wars character are you which Character. I don't, I don't, Which character know, this from Friends? Be, this might be a surprise. I, I'm not a Star Wars guy. Right. It is actually a little bit of a surprise. But, hey, but I'll tell you, this though, because here's the thing. When we're talking about, this is why this might even be relevant to what's happening even today. If you remember four years ago, okay, 
the uh, the supposed uh, stuff that was happening with Russian collusion. Mm. Okay. Yeah. The company that was behind most of that, the way they were getting information from people online was through personality profile tests. Yes. Do you remember that? I heard that, yeah. So those like, what character from the cast of Friends are you? Yes. They were, this company out of Great Britain was using this data <laughs> to then say, okay, if you're this specific, like, I guess if you're Ross, I guess if you're Ross, you're going to vote uh, for Hillary. I mean, let's just say, I don't know that that's true, but you know, Chandler, he feels like someone that would have voted for Trump. So they're, they're trying to like divide this so they can target the marketing ads. And it turned out that the vast, like it was ridiculously successful because people actually want to know more about themselves. And by doing it with uh, the way they were farming that data, um, it, it, you know, it was fascinating to me to think, okay, that was actually this very successful way to get information because at the core of who we are we as humans want to know who we are right and these roman 12 gifts are, are that's before any of that that's what these were about and you you have a little bit of a like survey test that kind of goes goes alongside the book to help you know help folks figure out maybe which of the seven yeah in the in that particular list in um in Romans that someone could be. Yeah. So if, uh, yeah. So if someone's listening right now and you go to mylifegift.com, uh, it's, it takes less than five minutes. Um, if you're staring at the questions like, Oh, I don't know about this. I don't know about that one. A couple of suggestions go with your gut. Number one, but number two, if, if not, then sit down and take it with your spouse or with your kids or something and yeah. have them answer it with you. <laughs> That's true. Because you know, one of the things that one of the greatest gifts we ever get, I think in this life, is the is a gift of uh, self awareness mm -hmm. of who we are, and uh, but but it doesn't come easy. And the older we get, the more I don't want it. Right. Um, there's a lot of shame sometimes wrapped around it. But mm -hmm. but if you take that test, that is a way to get a quick look at what uh, which one from Romans 12 might be the one that God has put inside of you. Um, the reason that we've actually launched this series, we talked about, interestingly enough, this series a while back as far as doing all three of these and what would that look like. And as it turns out, this, I think, is the perfect time to be talking about spiritual gifts uh, in a church, especially that there's three lists. There's three. We have access to all three of them. That's where the idea of the triple threat comes from, is that you actually, every one of us has one from Romans 12. Um, Every one of us in 1 Corinthians 12 have access to multiple of those. Those aren't necessarily like a personality profile thing. Those are just a, a point, a manifestation of the Spirit for a specific time, for a specific purpose. And then the Ephesians 4, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher, God gave us that. In fact, like Jesus specifically is associated with that for how to, how to operate a church, a church right. that has these gifts operating in them. Um, and when you put all three of those together, that's why we call it triple threat. We want our church to be that, the triple threat, that we're not, you know, we're not just one way over here in the ditch on the, on the first Corinthians 12 Pentecostal. No. Um, there's some of those out there right now. If you, uh, this is some, this is kind of embarrassing. Um, if, if you watch the Facebook, there's some, and I'm not going to say names because some of those, they're still friends of mine. <laughs> uh, so some of the stuff that was happening in the early nineties, should sure. we say mid nineties, you know, uh, people running laps and drunk in the spirit. And, and for the record, none of that ever happened to me. Like I actually wanted it to, okay, yeah. God, if this is you, I want it. And I'm just standing, everybody's running around. And so some of it I was kind of fascinated by. 
because uh, I watched that now, and I'm like, I know that guy, and that, that, that guy loves the Lord, and and oh dear, he just fell into the baptismal. <laughs> like he went, that dude standing on top of the pulpit, you know, like screaming and hollering. And, uh, and I, there's some, I don't know, some freedom in it for me, knowing that the Lord still uses all of our, even sometimes our nonsense and sometimes stuff that I don't understand, God can still get in the middle of it. But that's not who we are at Conduit. And on the other hand, you've got the ones that are like um, hardcore, that stuff's going away, and it's all about Romans 12. And so there's no spirit power at all. It's yeah, just, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's the environment I grew up in was, you know, I was, you sit in your pew with the seatbelt on. And, <laughs> and that seatbelt could have been your mother smacking you if you're making was. too much noise. Yeah. Oh, it totally was. And, you know, you listen and just do. do don't do this and do this. Um, and so there wasn't really a, it was a lot of truth, not a lot of spirit. Yeah. So what if you could have both in a church, right? right. Like the word and the spirit. Yeah. And I, and, and I know that some would say, probably the world you grew up in would say that, we did have the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit was what was manifest with the power of the preaching of the gospel. Correct. And, uh, and convicting your hearts, and that was when the Holy Spirit yes. showed up. But the rest of it, he has tapped out. The Holy Spirit is uh, did his thing, and now he's mm-hmm. he, we don't need that anymore because we have the Bible. Yeah. Um, and you know how it is. Like There's truth in all of that. We don't... One thing is for sure. If you hear someone say that they're giving you a word from the Lord and it contradicts the Bible, then we already know that that's not because the right. Spirit would never, ever, ever do that. Spirit's not going to give you something brand new that's not in the Bible. That's why I was very careful about this. That's also where Islam, Mormonism, yeah. they all came from somebody that had this revelation, you know, from mm-hmm. what I believe was a demon. Uh, but for us at Conduit, um, and I say Conduit, I don't know if people, I, some people listen to this from other churches, other places. There's never been a better time for the body of Christ to be fully aware of not only the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us, but to be aware of the gifts that he has given us. Uh, Because it's not a parlor trick. Like, this is how he has empowered us to change the world. Yeah. Which we've seen here. I mean, go back to January of 2020, which was like 10 years ago. 10 years ago, though, that's actually a year ago, but feels like a decade ago. Oh, my goodness, I know. When we, want, when we wandered into this year, probably like most people, I was blissfully unaware of what was ahead of oh, us. Oh, sure. Um, I certainly, uh, like I'm not a word, do you do words of the year? Do you, like a, this is my word for the year? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't think you would. I don't either. Like I'm like, my word for this year is let's just survive another year. That yeah. feels like a good enough word for me. But I didn't have any of that. And I, I was looking over some of my friends like, words from last year and none of them had anything to do with buckle up or you know right. get ready like nobody was planning for this but do you remember that like january the, 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 by then wuhan was already they were yeah. talking about a virus in wuhan there was yeah i mean a year ago this month it's just so hard to believe that you know initial reports were coming out of china that something had happened at a lab or near a lab or a, a food market where some sort of virus had made its way into, you know, the city there. And there was just kind of these initial reports and it was spreading, you know, the virus was spreading, but you know, we really didn't know anything. It certainly hadn't made its way to the U S until like a couple of weeks later Then it made its way to the U S through Seattle or Portland or somewhere on the West coast. And so it was, you know, there was this lag time of, you know, four to six weeks. I mean, it really wasn't until early March. 
And by that point, we had already been in Guatemala. You and I had. Yeah, yeah. You, I remember going to Guatemala mid-February, thinking, "Is this a good idea?" That's hilarious because I went into Guatemala not even <laughs> thinking about that, like not even at all. Oh, I definitely was. That's 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 part of my gift. Yeah, it is. Um, we'll talk about that actually. That's thinking. Is this is this a good idea? If if we do go and there's a breakout, are we going to be able to get back home? I don't want to get sick on a plane. We don't even know what this sickness is. <laughs> I don't is. want to get sick on a plane. That's hilarious. Uh, all these yeah. different things. I remember thinking through all of those scenarios. Um, and then as soon as we got back, I mean, you you and Shannon oh. and a handful of conduits went to Israel. Yeah, because we broke ground. Yeah, we broke ground here at Conduit for a ex- new expansion. Yeah. Uh, right when we got back from Guatemala. And then you took off uh, took with a group to Israel. Yeah, we had those fancy... Uh, conduit shovels that David mm-hmm. Christopher made for us using yeah. his gift that we will talk about at some point. Yeah. Um, he's the guy that you want if you want something to look and feel like you know feel right. He's his the gift for that. Um, yeah, we rushed to the airport, got out of town, and by the time we got to Israel, we're like people were starting to talk about it, but it was so unusual. Like it was, a, if anything, it was a failure of for me. It was a failure of imagination of what could go wrong in the world mm-hmm. and and lest this be just a, a show where we talk about uh, and reminisce together what i have seen this past year what we've experienced as a church is that at a time of great uncertainty a time of great upheaval and i would say a time of great division in our country but also inside of the church world uh, the gospel and the gifts are the two things that the Bible gives us as a prescription for that. Um, if, if someone were to look at the history of Rome and then cross-reference that with the book of Romans, Paul wrote the book of Romans, give or take, somewhere around AD 57. And that's important because in 49, so just what is that, eight years earlier, mm-hmm. Claudius, emperor, had banished all Jews out of Rome. So when Paul meets Aquila and Priscilla in uh, the book of Acts, um, they were, it actually says, I can't remember which chapter it is, that they had been uh, kicked out of, they were Jews who had been uh, banished from Rome, and now they're, they're trying to just scratch out a living yeah. in Corinth. That's where he encounters them. Now, that is important because the Jews had left Rome. And at that point, even Rome was considering Christianity just a subset of Judaism. Not a whole separate thing, but just a subset yeah. of it. So they are away. The Gentiles are now the only people in the Church of Rome. And AD 57 happens. And somewhere around there, Nero is in charge, uh, who would turn out to be a horrible, horrible emperor. Yeah. Uh, as bad as Claudius was, Nero is worse. But now these Jewish, uh, by the way, I have silenced this phone, but it keeps ringing. So anyway, uh, here comes the Jews back to Rome. They're going home. So imagine it's like us. Okay, we've been here. We get banished to Little Rock or some, you know, <laughs> wherever. And now we're coming home to Nashville, but our church is different now. Yeah. But not just different. For them, different meaning that it was now primarily Gentile so before it was Gentiles trying to fit into a Jewish context. Now it's Gen, uh, Jews trying to fit into a Gentile context. Yeah, That's what Paul is writing it into. Right. So you've got a theological disputes that would have unfolded in com- uh, combination with 
political because they had a, a, a culture that was hostile to the gospel, yeah. as well as a church that was being divided. So Paul spends the first 11 chapters of Romans just saying, this is the gospel. Uh, if you're Jewish, here's what this means to you. If you're Gentile, here's what this means to you. And then he goes into, now that we have that established, here is how you bring unity into your church family. He talks about offering your life as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing, Romans 12, mm. 1, 2, 3. And verse 3 says, and then you will know his will for your life. And then his will in verses 5, 6, 7, 8 like, is like these seven spiritual wow. gifts. That's where unity comes from, which is what we experienced this past year. Yeah, here here we are, right? Because if I were to, I guess I should. We don't. I don't have. Should we do this? Let me let me at least say here are the seven gifts from Romans yep. twelve. Okay, um, and I'm going to tell you that I uh, in the book I wrote, I gave them an, another name. I didn't just make these names up out of my uh, neck, but I also can't say that I'm like interpreting them. I just went to the original Greek and was saying what's a word that seems to be the connection in the Greek that actually a good descriptor. Yeah, because you know the language matters in it. So when he says, uh, he says prophesying is the first one he says, which is verse six. If your gift is prophesy, prophesy with your faith. And that word there is first Corinthians 12, Ephesians four, both have prophecy in it, but this is a different one. This is just, I called it visionary because that's sort of what the, the word means is that you can see what no one else can see. Not like I'm looking at the future and predicting the future. This is this is where we're going. This is so obvious to me. This is, in our world, it's Dave Ramsey. Right. As uh, far as personality type. Yeah. If you're like in a personality, like I don't even have to guess on that one. That, that's so obvious to me. Um, the, uh, the the world in our own church world, which is hilarious to me that one of our most obvious visionaries, we have a shortage of visionaries, by the way, in our church family. But uh, Michaela uh, Kelly is one of those youth pastor's wife. And that girl is just a visionary all day long. Yeah. She will fight you for it. She's got opinions about it. <laughs> but she's not mean. That's not it at all. She just sees it. And it's so passion. Uh, passion, so obvious to her, right? And that's a gift. And by the way, most churches, I would say, successful churches, that's the person you're going to see at the top as a pastor, a visionary, or I'll tell you in a minute, an encourager. Yeah. Um, they've got a lot of energy, extroverts. If I could, with the exception of Tim Keller, probably any megachurch you could name in the country, sure. you know, from Mark Driscoll to Perry Noble, uh, Willie George, they're all going to be visionary, visionary, visionary. Pastor LaFleur in Haiti, visionary. Yeah. Uh, the next one it says is serving, which is not a very exciting word. I think the word ministry, some of the translations say. The trait that I see in that one, and as I studied into it, and then honestly just watching it unfold, I called it collaborator because they're just constantly moving. They're like the Tasmanian devil. Yeah. But instead of destroying everything in their path, they're making sense out of everything in their path. Mm -hmm. They're making stuff happen. And we have a church full of those, my yeah. wife being one of them. Uh, she just gets crap done. Yeah. Um, that's that gift. Um, Teaching is the one that is the third one, which is the gift that I believe that I have. Um, it's uh, I called it discerner, which it was funny. I was trying to find a sexier name just for my own. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just want something to sound like I wanted to be like visionary, but the, the thoughtful version of it. But that's what the word means. It's just yeah. like I'm discerning disparate information. We, honestly, the book itself is a result of that gift is me looking at these three sure. lists and going, wait, why do these not make any sense to me? I got to make them make sense. Yeah. Um, encourager, 
uh, I think some translations use the word exhortation, right? Uh, which sounds a lot like a cheerleader, you know, like the remember Saturday Night Live when Will Ferrell was oh, yeah. the cheerleader. <laughs> Who's that Spartan with junk in the trunk? It's me. It's me. Um, that's not it at all. It's just that your life is encouraging. Like you live in a way that's inspiring to others. Uh, Becca Boyd comes to mind in our church sure. family. Um, she's just full of joy. Sarah Ross is somebody like that. Like Joey Prophet, our kids ministry. Oh God. Yeah. How can you forget him? Right. I mean, like, you would, the, the, the guy that's leading our kids ministry of, I mean, hundreds of kids. Yes. Is full of energy, full of ideas, full of encouragement and just, just one of the happiest guys you'll ever meet. Full of it. Not it, but full of joy. Full. Of, <laughs> sorry, Joey. Right. Oh, and by the way, his daddy is that too. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so I don't know if spiritual gifts are genetic or if God is like blessing the the kids or the grandkids. Who yeah. knows? I know this that if you've got an encourager in charge of your kids' ministry, you're not going to get much in the form of details. But what you're going to get are kids that want to go to church. Yes. Man, they're excited yes. to be here because they walk out feeling better. I mean, yeah, and have fun. Yeah, yeah. Phyllis Weil is that right? She's an encourager. She yes. walks in the room, and I just feel better about life. Like she comes yeah. up and kisses me on the cheek on a Sunday and says that yeah, you're my favorite son, and you know, and I and not even her son, but I you know. In that moment, I believe her because she's like the matriarch of yeah, comedy. she believes it. She's like eighty nine, right? Still, <laughs> uh, giving is one that's very confusing to me because I thought, is that just a gift that someone just sits around and strokes checks all day long? Right. Because some of the most generous people I know actually are encouragers or visionaries because yeah. uh, they tend to make a lot of money, so they have sure. money to give. But the word in Greek actually means imparting of your soul. First Thessalonians, I think it's one. He says, we, we desire to impart to you even of our own souls. And that's that gift, which is you just want it peace. You just want yeah. everybody to get along. You're willing to give up your own preferences. You're willing to lay your, your own you know, desires aside for the sake of, uh, of everybody getting along. Yeah. Um, Joel Kelly, which is hilarious to me because he's married to a visionary. So it's like, the one thing she wants to do is scrap and you know, fight and get it figured out. And what he wants is some peace and quiet and to leave me alone. So it's Which kind of an incredible balance. It, it is a balance and it's God's sense of humor, you know, right. <laughs> in a way that uh, I could say that my wife would say the same about me. Right. What a joke. Uh, <laughs> but th that is um, Jeremy Heslop, Jim Henderson. Uh, I think Kyle Froman too. Um, they all, they just come into a room and they have this way of bringing, uh, calm into a situation. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Moe's gift right here. Uh, some translations say administration. Uh, some say leading. And again, uh, initially it feels kind of confusing because if the visionary is the leader, then what does that really mean? Uh, and what it means is that when you look at the actual Greek word, it actually means like the, the guarding of yeah. stuff, guarding doctrine, you're guarding the details, you're guarding money, you're guarding the vision. That's Moe's gift all day long and twice on Tuesday. Um, and I think every uh, organization should have a barn full of guardians uh, to keep them on the right road. And then the last one is the gift of mercy, which uh, in our world, uh, David Christopher, um, David Schindel would argue about it, but I think that's his Gift. That's how I. That's yeah. what I receive from him. And by the way, that's one of the important things about these yeah. gifts. This is not what you get; it's what you give. Yes. So what I get from Mo is safety. Mm -hmm. uh, what I get from Shindell or David Christopher is 
mercy. Like I get mercy, yeah. mercy from them. Um, yeah, I would say those with the gift of mercy are very empathetic. 100%. And they're, the difference between them and me, for instance, is that when there's a crisis, I'll actually run to a crisis, but I don't, I don't want to stick around. Right for it, you want to observe, gather the details, and then go, out. and then I gotta go. Yeah, <laughs> but man, they're they're in the, the trenches. They're with like you. Velcro. Yeah, yeah, they're in there. They're not going anywhere. Yeah, once they're there, because they're there, because that's what mercy is. Mercy is the gift of time. It's the gift of uh, of not abandoning you. So, those are the seven gifts that that Paul says you need as to be, become the body of Christ. And that if you're the body of Christ, it's not like ethereal, like I'm going to be the thumb today or the pinky tomorrow. Like this, these seven gifts are how we work as the body of Christ together. And so that said, back in March, I get back from Israel. Mm-hmm. And I, for some reason, agreed to do Devo for Dave Ramsey on that following Wednesday. Yeah, And I only say for some reason, because that's just one of the gigs. That, that's not one that I can phone in. Sure. Right. He's got like a thousand people there. You got Dave sitting in the front row, which is super intimidating. So I can't like screw that one up, right? Like I, he's he's great. He wouldn't whatever kick me to the curb, but I just can't just phone that in. But the whole week I'm like stressing out, like why did I agree to do that one? <laughs> like you know. Anyway, so I'm I'm doing that, and the but by then the world is starting to get a little weird. And here's what I remember, Mo. After, I, you might remember the detail. Of course, you'll remember the details better than I do. But <laughs> I remember, I don't remember what the speech was. I don't remember if it was Bill Lee or who it was. But the first time I saw you after that, I was expecting you to be super freaked out, super scared, unnerved. And I walk in and you are cool as a cucumber. Like you are... and. It, Here's the thing that actually gave me a gift on that day, which is I, I wasn't freaking out as much anymore because I figured if Mo was not freaking out, then why would I be freaking out? <laughs> right. So what was that all about? Well, it's for a guardian. It's the uh, it's the terrible privilege of already thinking about the worst possible thing that could happen all the time. And so, so that's like your soundtrack of your mind. It's the soundtrack of my mind, and it's 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 embarrassing and. Uh, helpful <laughs> to save time because when stuff does go left of center, um, I've already thought through what to do about it. And it's, but it's constant. It never goes away. Even just driving here to work on us on a regular day, I'm thinking about what if I blow a tire? And let's, Who am for, I going to call? For those listening at home, how far is your drive to work? It's only five minutes. <laughs> It's like four miles, right? And have, there's no interstate either. Like it's no, just no, it's you know, but it's like, it, but these, but these things I'm thinking about. So, so when all this went down, where we had to, you know, lock down in March, it was just a, it was just a regular, it was a regular day for for me because you'd already thought about all. I've this. already thought that okay, well, this could happen, and if it does happen, this is what we're going to do. So it wasn't a surprise, and I think that's where a lot of fear comes from from folks is when stuff happens, they're shocked by it, or they're. They're afraid. It's the unknown. Like, how could this happen? They weren't aware. But I had already driven that path in my mind, and I was already aware that this could be one of the possibilities. Interesting. I know that um, we did a test, uh, a poll, whatever, in our church to figure out how many had, like, percent, how many imparters were there, how many guardians were there. And if I remember right, imparters were number one. Uh, and number two was guardian. Yeah. 
And at first, when you first see something like that, you think, okay, so I'm not very special then because I'm just like everybody else. Sure. But that, it was, I don't know, if, I, I don't want to say the Lord told me. I, you know, I do want to say that because it sounds so much better and more confident. <laughs> like I know Copeland, oh, that's what the, when God spoke to me. But what I felt like the, that was, is, oh, no, no, that's not it at all. It's that this world is so fallen that we need that many guardians out there. Like yeah. we need that much safety out there and protection. And I know that for me, um, and, and it's like there's two, I don't know how to say this right. I don't want to like get too confident about any of this, but inside of guardian, there's like, there are those who protect like the big picture and there are those who protect the, the minutia of it. Um, Amy Roberts is a guardian, but she's a different, it's the same gift of safety, sure. Yep. but her gift is on an Excel spreadsheet. Yep. Um, your gift is on big picture mm-hmm. of what we're doing with the spreadsheets, right? The information before it gets there and after it gets there. And I know that in this season, there's been so much uncertainty, um, so much danger, real and, and supposed sure. danger, that having a guardian, if you're a church and you do not have a guardian in your leadership team, you need to correct that and amend it right now because that is the gift that a church that is in hostile territory, you desperately need that voice at your table, Yeah, which was... Has been Mo's voice for us. How, how are you feeling today? So we're almost a year into it. Well, yeah, I mean, we're an, we're a year into it. And like I said a little bit last week, I feel like we've become data analysts and data researchers. And by default, I mean, that's kind of what a guardian and honestly a discerner in yourself, that's kind of what we do. We, we search for the data. We scrub through the data. We analyze the data. And you can... And that data can be scripture. Yeah. That data can be people. Um, that data can be, come to find out, you know, uh, the medical field. <laughs> Turns out. And there's data there, by the way. It's not like you're just making data. it up. That data can be politics, things that are happening in, in our government. Um, <laughs> the, the, so over these past 12 months now, almost, it's 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 allowed us to use our gift in a way that seemed kind of goofy and nerdy. Embarrassing a little bit even. Yeah. For me, I, I, maybe not for you, but yeah. for me a little bit. In a way that's given us guardrails, it's given us a, a beacon to to aim for yeah. and to, to, to guide us towards. And I wonder if in the way that God meant leadership to be in a, in a church, um, having the ability to deploy the right gift at the right time is is critical because mm-hmm. I, I mean it's it's true but like i when i think back to 2009 and me saying that i'm not qualified to be a pastor what i'm what i would have said if i'd have had the language was i'm not a visionary right uh i'm not an encourager uh whereas my wife says you don't even like people how right. can you be a pastor yeah <laughs> i was in, i mean i'm sort of introverted sort of extroverted you don't really see me coming yeah. i'm on one way or the other I'll a dis- shepherd that's allergic to sheep i'll disappear on you like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm there to hang but i'm just you know um and here's the thing in times of prosperity in times of calm in the world Maybe I'm not the most fun leader to follow. Maybe I'm not the guy that you're looking... Because people can say a lot of things about me, true and false. And if you're wondering, I can send you some of the emails. 
but nobody really says, Darren, you're an, ins you, you're an inspiring figure. Nobody's saying, wow, that was so encouraging. I had so much fun right. when you were there. Now, historically, that would have hurt my feelings. But Paul says here in Romans, to think not more highly of yourself than you ought. I think it's verse 4, 5. Think of yourself soberly. Um, as a young man, I have thought of myself while not being sober. And uh, to say the least, it got me in trouble because I... Maybe I should. Well, I guess I can say this is the podcast. They can't fire me. As a younger version of Darren might have thought, I'll bet I can take that guy yeah. uh, when I was inebriated. And I, it turns out I could not take that guy, uh, but right. I was not thinking of myself soberly. Right. And so soberly just simply means believing the truth about yourself. And that's the biblical definition of humility. Yeah. And in times of prosperity and success, there are visionary and... Uh, encourager leaders out there. And by the way, there are responder leaders, there are collaborators, they're all out there, they're all represented. But the ones that you would know, because their churches grow the fastest. I remember when Darren Whitehead rolled into to Nashville. I love Darren. He's Australian. I wish I was Australian. American Christians love Australians. He rolled into town three years after we had started as a church. I he and I went to lunch. We had a great time. I was like, hey, if there's anything we can do to help you out, mate. I think I actually said mate. Right. Because uh, that's what you do. Um, and, and like overnight, his church is like 10 times the size of Conduit. Right. Because he's a, I would, I think he's probably encourager in yeah, that. Yeah, I would say he's an encourager. I always feel encouraged when I leave a meeting with Darren. But his church grew because that's, that's what they, the, the, the world needs is that. Right. They need that gift. Um, at the moment when this all started back in March, I went deep. Yeah. You and I both did, honestly, mm -hmm. uh, researching. I'm looking for what's true, what's not true. You know, 30,000 ventilators by Monday. But then, you know, you and I are like, okay, it's Monday. Mm -hmm. Turns out we didn't need even close to that. So what's happening that's true, that's not true? And I think that the gift of the discerner in this was I just needed it to make sense. I will say as a, as a discerner, this situation in our culture is like the worst. It's like kicking me in the discerner all day long, like just bending me over. Like just, yeah, because you've done all, you've, you've done all the research. You look at this, you've studied it and you're thinking, tell people, me the truth. Yes. <laughs> That's not true. Yes. You're lying to me. Yeah. It's not about being right. Yeah. Um, Sometimes guys like me can be considered intellectually arrogant, and, and so there's probably some truth in that, but that's not the, the, the goal isn't that. It's that I want it to be true. Like, yeah. is this true or not? And at this particular time, you know, moving into even June, when we're trying to decide, what do we do? Because, you know, June seems so long ago, but people were really, really scared. Yeah. Um, in fact, I remember even back then, people... And this is the price of leadership in general, is just being misunderstood. If, you're, if you want to be a leader of anything, understand the cost of your ticket is being misunderstood. And back then, when we were beginning to open up, there were people that we love, that love us, that were saying, hey, I, I really appreciate and I respect Darren, but this is wrong. He's crazy. This is terrible. Sure. You're going to kill people. Wow. Um, and that stuff hurts because it lands on a, That's not at all what I'm trying to do. And of course, it made me second guess what I was doing. 
um, it was a, a blessing to have you by my side because at least I knew you'd already thought of all the bad stuff. So if, if, if it was going to go wrong, you'd already thought about it. Um, yeah. And it was a little bit more of a complex situation in, in, in conduits eyes because we have, we, we have our Sunday gathering, but we also have our very close ministry partners in places like Haiti yeah. and Uganda and other places in the world that are looking for direction, copying Western ideas on how to handle this. And they're not, it's not a one-to-one. No. And you know, that's funny. Cause so when you go back to being humble, uh, there was a, a meeting that I was at in, I don't remember, late March, early April. It may or may not have been signed off on by the governor. I don't know. Like, I can't remember where we were in that moment. But I was sitting in a room with pastors uh, that I love and that I respect and that I think they love and respect me. And all the conversations were about, uh, we're going to stay closed. Uh, If you want to love your neighbor, stay closed. And in that meeting, uh, by the way, I'm the only, this is a room full of encouragers and visionaries and me, like I've, I, honestly, it feels like I was a kid again, like the fat kid in gym class. I'm just like <laughs> the discerner the over in the corner going, Hey, um, but by that point we had already heard from our partners on the ground. By that point, the world food program, world bank, UN, even the who those knuckleheads mm-hmm. were saying that this is the, when you hear somebody say that the pandemic is causing this, I, I would, again, my discerner is like, can I, can I tweak that just a second? Yeah. It's the pandemic. It's the response to the pandemic that's mm-hmm. causing this. We took Africa and gave them the exact same game plan as we had in Western world. Um, a plan that I think is foolish, it's totally foolish because this is a disease that primarily, okay, it's not even up for debate. Like it's primarily killing seniors and elderly, which is why the death rates are so much higher in Western civilization because our lifespan is longer. The average age in Africa of mortality is like 38. Wow. That's amazing. Like I remember having a, first time I experienced it firsthand, having a conversation with a pastor named Rodrigue in uh, Haiti and he was talking uh, uh, about uh, so I got to figure out what I'm going to do I'm I'm so old I'm I'm like are you you're like 40 aren't you and the answer was yes wow but in his world 40 feels an awful lot like 75 or 80 feels like to us but point being I'm sitting in this room with these pastors and none of them are talking about what's about to happen to the world it's all been the New York Times article just this week Nicholas Kristof one of my medium favorite liberals um, was writing about what the pandemic is doing. And it is everything predicted in March is happening right now. So I left that meeting that night and I was feeling kind of angry, sure. feeling kind of uh, arrogant, if I mm-hmm. might add, and realizing I was leaving that meeting doing what Paul says I did not do. I was thinking more highly of myself than I ought. Because the only reason I was thinking about that was I have this gift called discernment. Right. And at a time like this, that's when our gifts were, were needed. And so I was able to be, uh, they might even call it a thorn uh, in their flesh. <laughs> um, but even then, I remember Dave actually took a copy of an email that we had put for our church and he sent it to his whole company because it was just, this is helping him to process out loud. Mm-hmm. So in a room full of visionaries, in a room full of uh, encouragers, 
you need a discerner out there. Yeah. You need guardians out there. And to that end, we, um, I, I say that now it's even, cause I, I know that if, if your church is not doing the way that we're doing it or we're doing it, you know, cause here's the thing. People did leave conduit because they were mad of the way we were handling it. Sure. Okay. People came to conduit because they were mad the way their pastor right. was handling it. God might be calling you to a different church. Totally fine. But don't leave and just say that it's because my pastor's doing it wrong. Recognize that maybe a guy with the gift of uh, prophecy or encouragement or responder might handle and might lead differently and give him some, um, some latitude in yeah. that with it. And I don't know, when I look to this next year, I think we're going to need a lot of discerning. <laughs> More a discerning. Lot, a lot of guarding. More guarding. Because... Like when you look back, so this is something that I actually secretly thought about. I don't remember if I've ever admitted to this. Um, I, I remember when um, the 2008 financial crisis happened. You and I were both still working in Christian music. Yep. And what a lot of people didn't realize was that in uh, the church world, after that crisis, a ton of bankruptcies unfolded. Yeah. Church bankruptcies. Yep. And in all this time of building, I was like, we, you know, I want to build, if we ever have to build, I want to do it in a good financial season <laughs> uh, because, you know, I didn't want us to go, I didn't want us to be in trouble right. financially. So this actually was when it, you know, that, that which I've feared most has come upon me, you know, Job. Self-fulfilling prophecy. A little bit. Cause I think I remember in February even thinking, I wonder if uh, we're going to get this built before. Because back then I was so naive. I thought the only thing that was going to happen was a financial market correction. I did not factor in pandemic like you had. <laughs> uh, but what we did, though, this last year was by factoring in and, and keeping our eye on the vision of what Jesus had for us was we've fed more people this year than we've fed in any other uh, of the 10 years. We have set slaves free we have built more churches. We have been able to, not because we're so good at it. We just were thinking of ourselves mostly humbly um, and allowing the gifts to move through us in that way. Yeah. And that's what we got to do for 2021. I mean, we're staring down a brand new year. Yeah, I mean, 2021 is going to bring its own, its own challenges for sure. Um, What's the guardian fears telling you in, in your sleep at night? I mean, well, there's a couple things as it pertains to COVID. I, I think, I think we have some uh, waters to, to uh, float through concerning, you know, vaccinations. And it's just going to be a big conversation across the board. Companies are having to decide, you know, what's going to be mandated or not. Airlines are making big decisions about it. Uh, the travel industry, obviously internationally local governments etc so i think you know we thought the mask conversation was complicated oh man i think the vaccination conversation is going to be tenfold so that's that's looming um that's in front of us right now and if you're a church and you're not thinking about that conversation i suggest you start thinking about it because your people sure are absolutely and yeah I mean, there's going to be decisions that are going to have to be made across the board and it's not even where do you stand on these things it's just understanding it's understanding um, all of the different potential conversations and questions that people are going to be asking. And it's just a matter of doing your due diligence to understand what's happening in the world, having a sense of awareness, because you're right. P 
people are coming in every Sunday with a ton of questions uh-huh. and they're looking for answers Yeah, because I think it's fair to say there's a good portion of our folks um, that are questioning what they're being told now based upon the last 10 months of every two weeks and this two weeks and do this, but don't do this. And then two weeks later, change it. There's a lot of confidence erosion and mistrust. And so in many times, in many ways over the years, historically people turn to the church for direction and answers. And I would think that if you're a leader of a church, it would be a good time to deploy your discerners and guardians to seek, uh, and listen. Yeah, and I kind of think of guardians and discerners as kind of a scout, you know, in a war. You send them on ahead to see what's on the battlefront. I don't like that because they're the ones that get shot, man. Well, but <laughs> they've thought about it and they've yeah. they've they they know the potential risks and they know how to get out of there if they need to. Yeah. Um. But you know, having a scout, I think the other thing we're going to have to traverse is just political uncertainty. Um, we are what. January, whatever today is, the 5th, um, and a president has not been named for the United States yet, although that could happen tomorrow. You just, you don't have to look very far to see that everything's contentious as it pertains to our government and presidency. That's not going to go away in a month. That's probably going to linger with us over the next, well, four years. But no matter who is our president of the United States. But I think it's going to this year, 2021 is going to be just a very contentious year as pertains to our national government. Yeah, that is what's right in front of us. And as a church, uh, for us, for conduit, I think it's why we have to go back to these, uh, these gifts because, uh, and by the way, when the, when I say there's three lists, three categories, they each line up with a member of the Trinity in specific, but all three of them say the same thing. It's about being a body. Ephesians four says that yeah. first Corinthians 12 and Romans 12. Yeah. And so we're going to need all seven of these gifts acting as the body. Okay. Paul wrote this to a church that was uh, in extreme persecution, hostile to the gospel it is not about uh, living your best life. It's about living our most effective impact for the kingdom of God and by making room for those. That's the same with 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to need the Holy Spirit, like real, alive, and active in our personal lives and in our church. You know, words of wisdom. I mean, boy, have we needed some of those this year, right? Yeah. And we need the fivefold ministry of Ephesians 4, man. We, Apostle, if, if I'm right, uh, means missionary at its core. There were the apostles and... Yeah. But we, man, we need missionaries out there right now. We need shepherds. We need teachers. And, uh, and a missionary is anyone with the truth that is sent into somewhere where the truth is not. <laughs> yeah. Missionary so, in your workplace. Yeah. Is a, that's a missionary. You can be an apostle to your workplace. Yeah. If you can bring the truth to somewhere where there is no truth, you are being sent with the truth. That is an apostle. Yeah. And so when you hear missionary, I think a lot of people think, you know, I've got to go overseas or I've got to go, you know, somewhere where I'm uncomfortable. And that may be true. Some of them might. Absolutely. Yeah. But it could also be your neighbor. 
or your workplace? Yeah, I think um, <laughs> some of you uh, right now might even be thinking in terms of, that's great, but who's going to be president tomorrow? That's great, but who's going to be in Congress tomorrow or Senate or whatever? And, yeah. um, and it kind of reminds me of the, the remember the parable of the, the wise and the foolish man? The foolish mm -hmm. man built his house on the sand. Did you have that conversation? Was there a song? Did you have that in your Sunday school? <laughs> the wise man built yeah. his house upon Absolutely. the rock. I don't know if those are two different guys or if they're the same guy. I and mean, here's what I mean. Um, I'm 49. I'm going to be a half of a century in February. And I, if I were to look back on my life, I have built my house on the sand more than once. Hmm. More than one time. Yeah, because you get, okay, it's politics this time. Or it was my career was one right. point. That was my house. I was building it on that sand. I was building it on politics and that sand and success or whatever. And eventually you learn, what if I dug a little deeper into right. the bedrock yeah, that's good. of this? And some folks right now might be thinking the same thing that, you know, well, that's great, Darren, but what about, and by the way, the, the but, you know, but theology, <laughs> but this, but that. But nothing. It's the gospel. Yeah. Like, it is the gospel. Paul wrote this freaking Claudius was in charge. That dude was a monster. And he was replaced with a bigger monster. Yeah. And the gospel still prevailed in that because the fallen world, that's the logical conclusion of putting your house in politics. It will collapse. Yes. If you put your house in America on that, it will collapse. And I think for me, like I want to build my house into this next decade, the rest of my life on the, you know, Christ, the solid rock. Mm -hmm. I stand all other ground is sinking sand. And what's amazing about these gifts, I actually covered it in the book, which oh man, I feel like I just did. A, I didn't mean to do a pitch for the no, book, it's but, good. but it's in the book. It's a great resource. That there is a element of each gift that's represented in who Jesus was. So, wow. Me, Jesus, the teacher, lives large in me. Jesus, the shepherd, lives large in Mo as a guardian, right? Jesus, the encourager. So we're all seven together become a picture of who Jesus is. The perfect number. The perfect number, you know, the power of, of the, the seven. seven, right? But that is, for me, that's me digging my discerner gift deeper into the bedrock of who Jesus is. I do want to understand truth. I do want to understand, because when we opened up in June... It was scary. People thought we were crazy. Yeah, and we were the we were the only church in the area that opened up our kids' ministry in June. Yeah, um, and, and we didn't do it because we were being punk rock or no. being cavalier. We counted the cost. We dug deep into the foundation and dug deep into the truth. And so, yeah, here's the cost of this. And it's been incredibly rewarding um, to our kids and to our families. And um, it's been safe. We've you know, praise the Lord. You know, there's not been issues that have arisen from sickness from our our kids gathering. Yeah, that's, that's not happened at all. Um, it's because we we went down the road a little bit on that data and understood. We counted the cost. We we knew what we were yeah. doing, and that's a gift that we needed here. And and here's the thing: there are churches in our community, pastors that I love, and they require you to wear. Uh, a mask at your church. Sure. Um, there are people in the society right now that they, they desperately need that. Yes. Not necessarily because it's true, not necessarily, but because he doesn't need it. I fully support them in that. Fully support them 
in their ability to, to see that and that there are people that needed that. We have not required it here. Not again, not because we're being cavalier. Uh, I have looked at the data again and it's like, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but it's funny. I know this cause I wrote Bill, Bill Bryson's book about the human body came out. I swear in uh, just late 2019, perfect timing for this. And I remember him talking about how bacteria is 10 times the size of a virus and how small virus, unimaginably small viruses are. And looking at it from the perspective of a mask of like, oh, wow, this is literally like keeping a mosquito out with a chain link fence. Like they can fly right through it. Which now here we are 10 months, 11 months later in California, all all their numbers have gone up and down, whether or not they had mask mandates. So we come back to it saying we're not, not requiring masks because of punk rock screw the government. We feel like our place in this was for this hour, for this week, could our children have a place that's just normal for just this once? If you're Mm -hmm. emotionally unstable and scared and alone and anxious and hiding behind a mask is not good for you, come to conduit and you don't have to. And if you want to wear your mask at conduit, absolutely wear your mask at conduit. We're not going to judge you for that either mm-hmm. but i say that to say that we've opened it up in a way that we didn't do it cavalierly we didn't do it unaware we did it because we dug deep into the facts but then ultimately when i look back on it what we dug the deepest into was the foundation of jesus and he said on this rock i will build my church speaking of the church like i'm going to build my my church on this rock this foundation of you know the gospel this church is going to be built yeah. right here so we we just dug deep into that and we we did things right we did things wrong we did things great we did things not so great we we just kept trying but what, every step it felt like we were drilling a little deeper into the foundation right. of of the rock of of jesus in it and january 2021 you know uh, I would predict we'll be sitting here again in, in a year and there will probably be about a hundred things that we didn't see come. And that's not true. You've seen them all coming. I'll be surprised by some of them. And the one thing that will be the truth through all of that is that Jesus will still be the rock. Yes. Uh, and and if this, these gifts are not, a, like I said, they're not a parlor trick. They're not about you finding your best life now. They're literally just an expression of Jesus that he wants to make to the world through you. And man, the world is hungry right now. The world needs expressions of truth. The world needs expressions of Jesus's mercy, of Jesus's peace. Yes. So all of us standing forward with those gifts. And we will get, we're going to talk about 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, I've got a couple people we're going to interview that talk about the miraculous throughout history. It's awesome. Um, we're going to talk about the, uh, the fivefold gifts. But the next couple weeks, uh, we're going to dig into these Romans 12 gifts. Uh, because everybody has one and the more that you can step into, cause what you said a little bit ago, it's kind of embarrassing, uh, that you'd already thought about that stuff. Sure. Uh, it's embarrassing to me that I, the things that, oh, as far as the, 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 the discern or whatever, I just think that's just weaponized shame yeah. uh, against the gift that God wants to release. So we're, yeah. we're going to talk about some of those things in those, yeah. in, in the couple weeks here. And I hope that not just our church, but the church steps fully into these gifts of Ephesians 4, the gifts of 1 Corinthians 12, gifts of Romans 12, uh, to become the triple threat against the kingdom of darkness. Mo, what are your parting thoughts for us? Well, the gospel simply means good news, the good news of Christ Jesus. And, um, and, and, And 
in what is seemingly a um, onslaught of bad news at every turn. There is good news, and it's good news that transcends. We talked about that a few weeks ago, transcendent hope, hope that is above all things, above sickness, above government, above a president. We have the good news, and if we can tie the good news with the gifts that each of us have, how how powerful that could be. And this is just a time for, for us to not sit around and do nothing. This is a time for us to engage. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know, like Power Rangers. <laughs> Remember? I do. But I, I don't know old. if you do. Well, I'm too old to have well, like, enjoyed the Power Rangers. So they were... Uh, but when he, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just had that analogy pop in my head. But when each of them activated their gift, they worked together and could, could pretty much stop anything. Uh, <laughs> And so that's that's kind of what I think is like I see I see everyone that comes in on a Sunday or those that that I know are watching online and knowing seeing and knowing each gift that is in each person if that was on full display throughout the week how much could get done for the kingdom and it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think that you know everything that we're experiencing now it needs all seven of these gifts. Like totally set free healed that's something i do cover in the book is that i think that uh, one of the quote gifts of the spirit the reason it's called a gift is that it was your gift that you were born to give that has been wounded by shame that is now set free so you just go be who god created you to be that's a gift yeah from god like to be that like i I, you know when i was younger I, i honestly couldn't think of anybody i wanted to be less than me and the Lord healing some of that uh, over the years has allowed me to be uh, more, it's more healed. And so I'm able to, I think, speak more freely. I think, I don't know that Darren 10 years ago would have spoke up in a room full of uh, senior pastors uh, and said, hey, you know, you guys, we're going to shut down this economy and you're going to kill millions of children so that we, uh, people here in America with our Western privilege, uh, can can hide out for a few months. Like I, I wouldn't know if I'd have said that or not. Right. Um, but the f- more freedom I've experienced, the more healing I've experienced, the more I've been able to step into that and to step back and to let others lead in their gift. Right. Um, I truly think maybe we'll talk about this in one of the uh, upcoming shows. I truly think most burnout that you're seeing from senior pastors, especially is trying to be all seven of the gifts at once. Wow, yeah. Uh, so you're just exhausted. You can't be the visionary and the encourager and the discerner and the imparter. You just can't be. No. We weren't meant to be that. And so you allow those to be that, to, to, to be who they are, who God created them to be, healed and whole. By mm-hmm. his stripes we are healed. Um, I do believe miracles and healing is part of the kingdom of God, but it's not part of the uh, the, the atonement. Like that, that healing is specifically talking about our sin, and when our sin is healed, it's not just ethereal. Now my sin, my shame gone away is a released and healed version of Darren, mm-hmm. uh, released and healed version of Mo, which by the way, Mo gets his own chapter in the book oh, uh, man. because of that. Like I, I saw that version of Mo and how God has healed you in that to be the guardian, to be the Moses of our church family. Um, hey, if you are in the Nashville area, we'd love to see you, uh, to have you join us on an upcoming Sunday. Um, we are online, uh, conduitchurch.com. You can find our live stream there. Um, if you are, if you've made it this far into this 
and you're part of our church family, would you consider coming to the 8.30? And I might add, for those that do listen and are regulars, and you've made it this far, we want to do let you know that our 8.30 a.m. service uh, now has childcare. And now with childcare. Now with childcare. From our, our nursery, our toddlers, our pre K, all the way up to our fifth graders. Um, we are opening up our 8 a.m., um, our 8.30 service with, uh, with childcare. Yeah, we, want, we need to make room in our 10 a.m. Let's just be, I'm going to call yeah. it what it is. The 10 a.m. is full, and we don't want it to be, and we don't want to turn anybody away. And one of the, and we won't, by the way, but we, we would love it for you if you could consider the 8.30 with childcare or the 11.30, just for the next couple of months. Yeah. Like we're, we're about to build a building. Like it's being built right now. Like yes. outside our room is a building being built. Yeah, it's exciting. So we'll be at two services. There'll be plenty of room. But for these next couple of months, we're just asking for some of y'all to consider making that change. Um, and for those of you that are following us along online, we're going to continue to set families free. We had some radical infusions of, of capital that we're about to... Uh, I don't even have told you this, Mo. Probably I haven't. This, this is what it's like to follow a discerner. Like, did I mention to you that we're breaking ground on a school this week? And uh, like, I did not no, know that. No, it's like it's not like. Hey, did I mention that I'm reading this nice book? It's like, did right. I mention that we're building a school? Um, which I, I feel I feel a lot of shame around that, honestly. Um, but we're 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 going on the offense this year because uh, the rest of Romans 12. He talks about feeding those who are poor. He talks about loving your enemy. He talks about the gospel fully lived out. We're breaking ground this month on a school in uh, in Nepal. Oh uh, wow! It's the, the, it's it's funded miraculously. That's great. The schools in uh, Southeast Asia, those slave families are funded. Uh, I've been emailing with um, uh, Matala from Uganda, and he of course always has God sized vision. Uh, Going to build some more buildings over there this year. That's only part. It's just only possible because you guys have been so radically generous with us, and we're just so grateful for those that listen locally that are radically generous, and those that have been listening from afar. You can make a difference with that. So, if you feel led to uh, help us with the, the biggest needs right now, are our schools. Uh, the biggest needs right now are schools in Haiti, uh, in Uganda. You can go to conduitmission.org. Actually, go to conduitchurch.com. Isn't the classroom sponsorship right on the homepage? Yeah, it's on both. Okay. So if you go to conduitchurch.com, uh, you can scroll down. You can see how to uh, donate to the classrooms. And if you go to conduitmission.org, you will also see a, a link and a banner there to donate to that as well. Thank you. We love uh, you. We thank you for listening, for sharing this with your friends. Uh, we we're just seeing our little uh, discerner guardian podcast get some wings underneath of it. Um, we appreciate your prayers. And uh, if we see you this Sunday, that's great. If not, we'll catch you next week here on our deeper podcast. God bless you guys. We love you. And we're praying for you.